Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. It's about 11 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. Tony Schaefer today. Uh, Tony Schaefer joins us today in just a few minutes to talk about the latest CIA nonsense on the Nord Stream pipeline and who's really winning this spring offensive. But first this. When it comes to carrying valuables or even firearms in your vehicle, most people feel they have to choose between safety and convenience. A vehicle break-in occurs every 36 seconds in America. Give Dad the perfect Father's Day gift this year. The Headrest Safe. The Headrest Safe gives you the power to store cash, jewelry, medication, and yes, even your concealed carry firearm. You'll never have to worry about taking your valuables with you again. Keep them safe with the Headrest Safe. Use promo code JUDGENAP and enjoy $50 off for a limited time at theheadrestsafe.com. Tony, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming back. Good to uh, be here. Thank you for having me. What what is your uh, view on the uh, latest consensus on the dam? I mean, who, who caused it to explode? As you asked, you were the first person that I spoke to after the explosion. Cool yeah. bono, Latin phrase for who gains from uh, right. who gains from this? Who's lying about it? Who's suffered from it? I think I still I, I nothing I've seen in, in the way of updates or new information has changed my initial assessment. Who benefits? Uh, I still think for the most part Ukraine benefits the most from the destruction uh, because one of the big dangling participles of this whole issue, which you and I did speak about when we talked about this, Judge, was the Zaporizhia uh, nuclear plant. Uh, the Russians have control of it. I just don't think they would be going about trying to create uh, another Chernobyl based on their own history. And the, the fact that the, the, the plant right now as it stands is well within the 30-day requirement of, of, of having water. I mean, it's got enough water for now, but it, it's not going to last forever. You've got to replace that water because it boils off. It's a coolant for the nuclear, for the nuclear right. pile. Right. So uh, I just don't think the Russians would, would put that on themselves. I just don't. And, and the but other didn't thing... Didn't the dam also uh, deplete a reservoir used for fresh water for Crimea? Yes. I mean, absolutely. the Russians would be in, insane. It would be yes. like, like drying, like the American federal government drying Arizona or New Mexico to death. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, th- so those things indicate to me the Russians are crazy, but they're not that crazy. And I think that's where we're at. And I, militarily, I still believe, militarily yeah. Tony, how did the dam uh, affect 
the dynamics of interaction well, between forces. So I think this this is something I did assess. I, I thought about this last night during my last cigar of the evening. And uh, I did assess the fact that, yeah, I think the, the Ukrainians benefit militarily because it gives them excuses. Oh, we don't have an avenues of approach or, oh, now we've got to manage this flooding in our zone. So I think, Judge, because they are so badly organized, so uh, badly uh, prepared, that is the Ukrainians, this gives them a convenient excuse to say, oh, we, we're just not going to be as effective as we thought because, gee, the Russians blew up the dam and we got to deal with it. So I think that's the, I think it's almost a psychological op uh, on their part to gain advantage regarding the perception of the offensive. And, and by all accounts, from what I'm seeing, the offensive ain't going well for the Ukrainians. OK, I was going to ask you that next. What is the latest on the so-called offensive? Here we are 10 days from summertime. Right. The spring offensive, as it's been called, is uh, is two weeks old. I don't think they pushed the Russians back, have they? So, yeah, let's break it down into three places. First, I, I want to comment on the media. Now, you and I are technically part of the media, but right. uh, as part of the media, we're the outliers. People aren't talking about the so-called vaunted offensive. I mean, you're, if you go to any mainstream publication or network, you're going to be hard-pressed to find anything on this. I mean, it's just you've got to go really looking. The AP and Forbes have done the most accurate reporting. I give Forbes the nod on this. If you, if people want to go out and get kind of uh, unadulterated truth, I think Forbes is doing the best. And to, that's my second point then. For those who are reporting accurately, there's a, a handful of sources. I've seen uh, AP, for the most part, say uh, accurately the number of, of battles, which is significant. Uh, we're talking about hundreds. Sometimes we're talking about tens of dozens per day. And then Forbes has actually outlined and shown video and pictures of some of the the, the tragedies on the battlefield where uh, the the Ukrainians are getting whacked. And that brings me to my third point, which is the, the progress or lack thereof. The Russians were very effective, Judge, much more than the Ukrainians thought in preparing uh, overlapping fields of fire, continuous overlapping fields of fire supported by fields of fire and most importantly, landmines lay, you know, lane after lane after lane of landmines. And uh, from the information I have, they, they, the Ukrainians are not using Soviet slash Russian breaching operations. Breaching is the term you use or we use, the tactic we use to, to go basically through these minefields safely. You've got to breach, you got to blow them up or detect where they're at. And uh, apparently from all accounts, uh, the, the Russian, they, they are not, they, the Ukrainians are not following the Russian techniques and they're not following NATO US techniques. So the question becomes, uh, what are they doing and why are they doing it? And I think that's what no one seems to really understand at this point because it's not even a hybrid of, of our system and their system. It's just throwing people out there and hoping for the best at least appear. And then they're, they're doing these things during, during daylight hours. One of the other things, Judge, we don't do things during daylight hours when we're, mm. we're, if we're preparing for an offensive trying to breach lines. And then I've seen videos which by the way, go get get taken down as soon as I see them, of M, M, uh, of the M2A2s trying to do uh, fields of fire and then one getting blown up. And well, then, what's an M2A2, a tank? That's the Bradley. That's the improved Bradley. We gave them the very top line Bradley. The M2A2 Bradleys are the top of the line for us. And so uh, the fact is, from everything I've seen, they've lost upwards of 20 Leopards, Leopard 2s out of about 88 they have. 
and they've lost uh, dozens of Bradleys, and these things aren't going to be replaced anytime soon. So, All right. a, cu a couple of observations. Uh, sure. Colonel uh, McGregor agrees with you about the uh, incredible influence of landmines. Yeah. And when he told me about landmines from helicopters, I yeah. said, how does this work? And he said, ask Tony Schaefer. <laughs> Maybe I'm influenced by World War II movies where they dug a landmine and buried yeah, it. No, no. Landmines actually get implanted from helicopters today? They do. So, um, yeah, and if you want to, uh, you know, I think uh, you need to talk to him about uh, e uh, Easting, where he actually got uh, ran over a landmine. and, and He lost told us about that. He yeah, told us about that. He it didn't tell you that he actually friend, but suffered. It didn't harm didn't harm him or his crew. Well, you know, I think a big bruise on his butt was harmed, but I guess you know, <laughs> he's, it's all relative, I suppose. But he, he didn't anyway, want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about McGregor's butt. I'm sorry. Right. I just, but anyway, but, we'll get back see, up to that. So the, gonna, the helicopter. He's probably, he's probably watching us now and roaring. But seriously. So anyway, explain no. to me how landmines can be planted in the earth from a helicopter. So, you drop it like it's a bomb. No, th these are um, basically you have big NASA, uh, big containers that are mounted on the side of of, of uh, M60 helicopters, other airframes, and basically they fly. You've seen crop dusters, right, Judge? Yes. There's been one buzz in my house this morning. Essentially, your basic patterns on the field devices on a periodic. It's uh, computerized where. You have these things in these big uh, dispensers, and then they're dispensing on patterns. You can act, and, and part of, part of the reason we do this, Judge, is because we want, be, we want to be able to retrieve them. One of the things that, while we've not signed up to the UN uh, accords regarding uh, guaranteeing to not use landmines, what we do in place of that is say, if we do use landmines, we're going to be responsible and understand where we put them and pull them back out when it's time. So that's why it's so important. So when we put landmines down. We mark those and understand where either where they are, so we can retrieve or destroy them, or remotely destroy them based on on where they're in place. So okay, and, and we'll put these down in, in big fields and big lanes, and so that's and so yes, we have the technology to do that. You don't need uh, Joe Snuffy E two private E two Joe Snuffy out there with an entrenching tools digging up okay, the ground and got doing it, this. You it. can do a whole grid square in in an Gen hour. Generally speaking, generally yeah. speaking, which is easier? to wage an offensive war against an entrenched defensive military or to defend? So traditionally, it's easier to defend no matter what. I was actually listening um, last night to um, uh, the battle of St. Petersburg and, and Grant and, and Lee regarding that battle. And the, the, the Confederates were heavily entrenched and it went on and on and on forever. It took Grant and others uh, you know, uh, at least eight to one odds to overcome and breach the perimeter. And, and once you breach it, you can peel it back. But uh, as we saw in Gettysburg, we saw in uh, World War I, uh, there's all these battles which indicate it's very tough to do. And as a matter of fact, in many instances, in many aspects, Judge, one of the battles I've been saying uh, the current offensive looks like is the Battle of, Tenen uh, battle of Tenenbaum, uh, the last battle of World War One, where the Germans made one last desperate push into the British lines because they had nothing left. So that that battle is reminiscent and looks a lot like what the Ukrainians are doing because I don't think the Ukrainians have much left, and so they're trying to get this all in there and do it now. And I think the odds are very much against Ukraine because I I know they don't have eight to one, they don't have five to one. I don't think they have three to one, 
of uh, numerical superiority and they're trying to do breaching operations in a haphazard daylight way. Uh, boy, I, I just, a little uh, a pro tip here, Judge, never let Victoria Newland plan your offensive. I don't think it's a good idea. I just, you know. Well, agreed, agreed. What about General Zaluzhny? Is he totally disabled and, and no longer uh, the chief of staff? Well, I just can't, I don't know. I mean, there's just so little information and I don't have the sources necessary to, to, to assess something that level at this point. I, I can tell you that it's the, the one thing that's apparent if, if he's there or not, the leadership is horrendous. One of the key factors, Judge, of any successful military endeavor or battle is leadership. Leadership right. can make a huge difference. and It can literally turn back, you know, battles like Midway, uh, the, the small skirmishes on Normandy, on D-Day. These, these things, by momentum, by, by leadership up and down the chain of command, was necessary. And I just don't see it here. I don't see great uh, battlefield uh, valor sport, you know, if they were doing well, Judge, they'd be crowing, they'd be showing these guys heroes. I Got don't it. see any of that, and I don't see anybody at the top talking like Schwartz, Schwartz Coffeean about the battle plan and how they're doing it. Remember, during the Gulf One, 91, uh, Schwarzkopf was masterful in coming out and talking with great confidence about what they were doing. Uh, if they were doing well, Judge, you'd have a Schwarzkopf out there on the on the, on the the Ukrainian side briefing every day on how, how well they're doing, and they're not doing okay. it. Uh, we're going to take a break for about 30 seconds to pay some bills. When we come back, we have uh, hot uh, off the uh, screen uh, tapes of General Milley just about an hour ago uh, explaining the depth of NATO involvement in the training of Ukrainian troops. We'll play them for Colonel Schaefer and get his response right after this. You want to feel safe in your vehicle. And for you, that means easy, rapid access to your firearm. But safety also means your items don't fall into the wrong hands. You don't have to choose between safety and convenience. The Headrest Safe keeps your firearm where you can access it, and no one else can. Just order your Headrest Safe, install it yourself when it arrives, and enjoy peace of mind. It starts at theheadrestsafe.com. So um, we have a couple of clips from General Milley, just to remind everybody, the outgoing but still chair of the Joint uh, Chiefs of Staff. Here he is just about 90 minutes ago explaining the, the level and extent of NATO and American training of uh, Ukrainian troops. I want your thoughts on this, Tony. Sure. More than 6,000 Ukrainians are being trained right now at 40 different locations in 65 courses in 33 nations on three continents. Since the beginning of the war, the United States has trained over 11,000 Ukrainians. We are currently training three battalions, a tank battalion and two territorial National Guard battalions. All in all, the international effort has trained almost 60,000 Ukrainian soldiers for this current operation. Do the numbers uh, surprise you? It means absolutely nothing. That's all woke nonsense. Judge, let me be clear on this. Having been in combat, having served uh, 30 and a half years in uniform, you don't disperse and train all over the world like it's a Disney cruise and you're sending people out to the, the, the five directions. You need precise interlocking training of individuals who work as a unit. You need unit cohesion. Uh, you know, read my lips. You need unit cohesion. 
the fact that they're dispersing these guys all over the planet doing all this great training absolutely means nothing. It, it's, it's, it's a virtual signal of, 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 of an, an amazing level. This does not note, denote military competence. It denotes military it, it, it complete incompetence. You want to have a handful of locations where people are brought together, trained at the tactical level to work at the operational level to then be able to respond at the strategic level on, on command. Okay, if we and, train and no more, 11, you should not have any more than two or three locations where people are trained as units. This is stupid. We, if we trained 11,000 Ukrainian troops, as he said we did, where would that training have taken place, Tony? So, um, forts probably Fort in, the, Silver, in, the, in the U.S., not in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the 11,000 that would be at Fort Sill for artillery, uh, Fort uh, Hood, or whatever they're calling it down now in Texas for, for maneuver and, and, and armor. Uh, Fort Bragg for okay. infantry and, and, and for Bragg. those of us that don't remember yeah. uh, military science 101, how many human beings are in three battalions? So you're looking at about, I'm always bad with numbers, but I think you're probably talking a battalion is probably about, uh, I take under a thousand folks. Um, the brigade's probably about uh, 2,000. Okay, and and so you're talking right now. Essentially, by my estimate, you're talking about two and a half brigades. Okay, you you here. referred. We have another clip from uh, General uh, Milley, which we'll play in a minute. But you referred to this as woke. We all know what woke. I is. did. And we I all know did. how damaging woke can be to the military and certainly to Western uh, cultural norms. But what is woke? about uh, NATO troops training Ukrainians? Is it just boasting because it's not serious, meaningful training? So let me break it down. Brigadier General Blaine Holt and I just did an editorial on this. Well, I'll send you and Gary a copy. Woke in this case is all about managing the political narrative, not the battlefield dynamics. Mm. Uh, the idea here for the Biden White House from day one has been all about essentially being trying to walk down the middle of the issues where you're not trying to really help the Ukrainians when, yeah, you're going to give them lip service and yeah, we'll send them 18 Abrams and that'll look good. Uh, there's no uh, conscientious or uh, well thought uh, strategy of how to put it all together. And I, I've mentioned this before tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat, according to Sun Tzu. A lot of noise, all sorts of virtue signaling. But, Judge, there's no clear idea of how to put it all together to move it forward. And all they do is respond okay. to, their, to their political, the political whims of the Biden administration. It's all politics, no substance. Here is uh, General Milley at his political best at the tail end of his uh, term in office talking about how much money we've given away. This is just 90 minutes old. Last week, the United States released another Ukrainian security assistance initiative package totaling several billion dollars, two billion. This package procures critical capabilities, including Patriot munitions, Hawk air defense systems, artillery, rocket munitions, maintenance, sustainment support, and much more. Additionally, this week, we released our latest drawdown package of $325 million. From our current stocks, we are providing Ukraine air defense munitions, Gimlers, long-range artillery, artillery rounds, 155, Bradley's strikers, and many other capabilities. Uh, 2.35 billion uh, this week. Is this ordinarily uh, announced by a general? Did the no. nature of what he said we were sending impress you or move you uh, no. at all? No, makes my point. 
this is virtual signaling. This is not Schwarzkopf mm -hmm. up on the battlefield, you know, on the map showing everything we're doing to help integrate everything and make it work. This is, to quote Apocalypse Now, a, a grocery clerk sent to collect a bill. Uh, that's all this is. This is this has nothing to do with military strategy. Judge, you and I both know from uh, our experience that most of that money they're talking about is going to be spent in Washington uh, in the military industrial complex, military industrial congressional complex, as, as Eisenhower said. All those weapons have to be made. By the way, a quick side note on that. My understanding is that we are at a critically low reserve of artillery and other oh, specialized yeah, munitions. Tony, Tony, you've been telling us that from the beginning that we are giving out of our substance, not out of our reserve. God's forbid we need it and it's not there. Right. And but you know, this money is going to go to those defense contractors, not to replenish our reserves, our, our necessary stocks. It's going to go to more of uh, of Ukraine. So again, uh, you know, I'm sure Mark's being told to say this stuff, but a general doesn't stand up there and 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 act like a grocery clerk clerk reciting uh the, the number of things you're going to give a, a consumer, you know, when they're a bag of goodies. That's not what generals do. They shouldn't. But that again, woke, woke military. This is what this is what the woke military does. They talk numbers and accounting, uh, accounting statistics over tactics and, and strategy and how to win. Last uh, subject matter. Does anybody among your sources take seriously the latest CIA nonsense about Nord Stream? that the CIA, which we know from Side Hirsch, Hirsch, perpetrated the destruction of Nord Stream, yeah. now claims to have warned the Ukrainians not to have done so, and they did so from a sailboat. I don't, well, let me uh, address this real quick. So by the way, kudos to Sai. Uh, if Sai's listening, good on you for getting that information out. And then also uh, going after Zelensky and the 400 million he's been paid. And I think that's that, absolutely. absolutely. Sai, so God Sai, bless you, Sai. So, Cy Hirsch is the paradigm of intellectual honesty and personal courage when it comes to investigative journalism. So on the other point, um, I don't believe anything that's, that is essentially put out by the West at this point regarding the Nord Stream attack. I, mm. I, it's a lot of uh, misinformation, I think, out there, disinformation. Uh, whoever did that, Judge, had to have a, a, a very clear tactical capability to be at the at, at a, a fairly significant depth, you know, over 100 feet down and understand how to, to put ex explosives, explosives effectively. I mean, I couldn't put explosives underwater and make them work. That's a that's a pretty steep tactical, uh, technical skill. I don't think you no. could do it either. No offense. No, I don't think you no, want to. No, no. But I'm just saying that even if you look at, at how it was done and what you'd have to understand and have access to do, no, you're not going to do it off a sailboat. I don't doubt that it was done uh, by someone in the West. I don't think Putin did it, but I don't know exactly wh who did it at this point. But it wasn't it wasn't off a sailboat with people with matchsticks and bubblegum. Tony Schaefer, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Always great to join you, Judge. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. If you like what you saw, like, subscribe, tell a friend. And as always, more as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom. The Headrest Safe is quick and easy to use. Some may even call it a game changer. The Headrest Safe acts as a safety net, protecting your belongings while keeping them out of sight and out of bounds of others, serving as security while also keeping your valuables in bounds. That's what the Headrest Safe provides for me. Game, set, match.